0: This is CliffCentral.com
1: And hello to you too. Very, very warm welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. At the board is Palisa Mabuya, and I'm Shemaine Harris. Welcome again. And I'm Liesl Tom. Welcome to you. In
0: studio with us is Catherine Lee, an ermine... An,
2: let me try that again. An urban shaman. Hey, Catherine. Hello, Liesel, and good morning, Shemaine. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you so much for inviting me to be here today.
1: Yay, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm excited. It's
0: such a pleasure to have you here, Catherine. Now, what we are talking about today is power animal. Shemaine, have you ever heard of a power animal? Well,
1: let me just say, until recently. No um, not, not specifically I've, I've heard the interpretation Or the spirit animal But I mean I don't know So now I started going into some of it And, and seemingly there are different legs You know So so no That would be the, the short answer Because there are <laughs> extensions yeah. To the whole thing <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: Catherine so what is A power animal How does it differ from A spirit animal
2: I think they're the same thing. Okay. Okay. Um, one of the theories which goes back to the ancient shamanic traditions is that the day you are born, your power animal is born in spirit form. And that your power animal then becomes your guardian, your protector, your guide. And the reason why we talk about power animals being guides Is that they know their way through the wilderness
0: Right So how would, how would that uh, translate today Where, For us urban, and, and you're an urban shaman how, how, do, how do their knowledge of the wilderness Translate into this urban jungle that we live in?
2: Well an animal always finds its way. It doesn't get lost. So when we get lost in life and we have major problems, we need a guide. And it's so similar to uh, a okay. s- somebody who's blind mm-hmm. having a guide dog. Right. And if you go back to our childhood... People bought us teddy bears and panda bears and mm-hmm. bunny rabbits and legends of Africa always talk about animals talking to people. So we can still talk to them as our spirit guide
1: and companion. Right. Because I also heard that, um, you know, ever since the beginning of time, um, we have been with animals. Um, sometimes we ate them, sometimes they ate us. But at the same time, you know, so apparently that kind of like wor- works very well with with this uh, train of thought where we are. Codependent almost um, on, on animals and, and their influences on us. So it's not just the other way around, but it's also they lead us. Yes,
2: yes. In the same way that they care for us, mm. we also, those of us who are more uh, sensitive and loving and kind, we care for the animal kingdom. Mm.
1: What is the difference between a, a totem? Animal and and a spirit animal, I think that is the question I get asked the most really
2: now there's some clans throughout Africa mm-hmm. who have a totem animal, so sometimes you will see a sangoma wearing a red and white cloth, and on that cloth there 'd be a tiger or a crocodile or whatever a lion. Now that is the totem animal of their clan. And that animal is sacred.
1: And what does that do? What what how how do they differ between you know the two animals the totem versus the spirit guide? Um, or if, yeah that's also the other thing they call it the spirit guide as well. Yes. yes. Okay. If I I I hear you. Uh,
2: but to take that a little step further we in Africa, the different tribes have a totem animal. Mm-hmm. Likewise, in the Western culture, you get the blue bulls rugby team, you get the lions rugby team. Okay, I'm not a rugby fanatic, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, and then cheetahs, cheetahs, and all that. And, yes, that's mm-hmm. a totem animal. Okay, now a power animal. As I say, you're, I always find that when I do the power animal journeys with people, the power, their power animal will take on a form, whether it's a wolf or a lion or a dog, my brother, my son's power animal is a rabbit. Mm-hmm. But that, that particular animal is the sum total of, of all your positive qualities and creativity that have never been expressed
1: okay so so do you also behave in a particular way like an a rabbit may? May behave
0: Does your son have many children in other words <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean that's the first thing that comes to mind When I think of a rabbit Is their, their absolute you know. ability
2: to 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 rabbitize <laughs> Okay let's look at rabbit I've got Stephen Farmer's book here Animal Spirit Guides uh-huh. And it says here If rabbit is your power animal Your intelligence Common sense and wit serve you well especially by helping you out of scrapes and uncomfortable situations you're a great strategist always ready with a backup plan that's my son mm-hmm. and are quite agile and adept at shifting plans as the need demands particularly in a stressful situation those sounds
0: those sound like very good qualities for any human to have yeah. um All these power animals or spirit animals, do we only look at their, shall we say, positive qualities? We don't go look at at the way we as humans
2: perceive them. Okay, let me explain how this works. I had a gentleman who came to see me who lacked confidence and who lacked leadership skills. And wanted to do a power animal journey to try and resolve those problems. So I wasn't surprised when Lion appeared. The Lion was the sum total of his leadership qualities and the strength and the power and a sense of control over situations. But when we did... A power animal journey And I was doing a soul retrieval in this case I asked the power animal To take me to the origin Of where the problem started So the power animal knows where to go Mm -hmm. It can find its way through anywhere and everywhere So the power animal took me on a journey Right back to his childhood And the teacher had Sent a report, and you know how teachers make comments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the teacher had said, "Ben lacks leadership qualities (gasps) and will never amount to anything."
1: She did not. I have to say
0: that teachers like that bring out the worst in me. Wow! How dare she?
1: Shame! And then what happened? Well, Ben grow up to be a man battling with the you know, a security in himself. He was never able to step into his power.
2: Wow. So in the, the traditional healers believe that if a power animal appears in your life, mm-hmm. you need to study the movement and the behavior characteristics of that animal to identify in what way you are like an animal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not like an animal in that sense, mm, yes. but mm. in what way you identify with the power of that animal. So, Ben, when he, and this is not the real name, obviously. Okay. Ben, when he discovered that his power animal was a lion, we started looking at all the positive attributes of lion. And the idea is when you do a journey like that, the person needs to blend with the positive energy of their power animal
1: mm-hmm.
2: and to claim it so may i just read a little bit from lion
1: absolutely
2: all right i'm just well, that, getting... that
0: would be my favorite one and and Shemaine, you thinking. know me so well i i, I said to katherine um outside the studio if um if if we do this and mine is not a line
2: i don't want to play this game please read the line for us so when people meet a power animal on the journey Afterwards, I get Stephen Farmer's book out, and we talk about the message that the animal has to bring. So in Ben's case, what Lion came to tell him was, You have a strong presence and a dignified manner, such that people always notice when you walk into a room. You're a natural leader and have great organization skills. You're at your best when you function as part of a group or community rather than being alone. You like to stretch your capabilities and are always seeking to learn more hmm. now, if Ben hadn't found that school report, he would have over a period of time he may he may have developed those qualities spontaneously. But the power animal is here to introduce you to your untapped creativity. Okay. So when we did that soul retrieval and we returned that part of the wounded soul back to Ben and I gave him the message of Lion, I said, When you leave here, I want you to walk like the king of the jungle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you go into a crowded room. Come in like the leader, like Simba, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: and let your presence be felt. And just by being reminded and merging with the positive qualities and the essence of his power animal, he took a major step forward. Catherine,
0: do you often find people like me with preconceived ideas who say, this is what I want to hear. Or do most people actually allow the process? And then how do you find your power animal?
2: Okay, we'll break that down. Yes, a lot of people do come along. They do have a preconceived idea. But generally, it's the last thing they expect that pops up. Hmm. I hope it's not a sloth. So how do you find your power animal? <laughs> you do a shamanic journey and we work with drumming to get the person into an altered state of consciousness. Okay. And it's, we, in, in shamanism, we call it a journey. In the Western tradition, we call it meditation. Perhaps some people would do a trance dance to meet their power animal. Mm-hmm. You could meet your power animal on a vision quest. Your power animal could introduce itself to you By appearing three times in succession over a period of three days But generally speaking, when we do a shamanic power animal journey One goes into a state of relaxation To the sound of drumming Preferably at the same beat as the mother's heartbeat. And then they turn. Could you give us
1: an, an idea of what that would sound like? You could use the book. The, 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 the mother's heartbeat.
2: Well, if I had my drum here, it's doof, 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 doof. Okay. Do-doof. Okay. Uh, so the person journeys to a tree. There's an opening in the tree. They climb through the tree. They go down. There always has to be an opening. Mm-hmm. That they need to journey downwards, because basically it's like shifting from the conscious level to the subconscious, okay, so the tree and the entry point to the lower world takes you down, and then normally they follow a path and they t- you talk them through this, they follow a path to a cave, and waiting inside the cave is their power animal. Mm-hmm. But as my mentor, Linda Lamotta, says, if a power animal steps forward and will not make eye contact, then you must ask them to step aside. And then you ask your power animal to step forward again. Mm -hmm. And if a power animal steps forward and makes eye contact with you, and you feel comfortable with the presence of that power animal that probably is your power animal you may have one for life just one power animal or from time to time other power animals may come and assist
1: so when you say well, um if if it doesn't look at you does that what does that mean is that just some some power animal who's roaming or what what is that well
2: in shamanism we call them tricksters
1: Ah, so, okay
2: And they're there to lead you on a merry dance Alright,
1: so I've heard that, that people normally go and get someone else to do this journey for them Yes um, But you're speaking as if you actually lead the person through yourself Or, or am I hearing you wrongly? No. hmm
2: You're hearing me correctly Okay and they're very often when we get together as a shamanic group, um, the facilitator will take us all on a power animal journey for various reasons. In a group. In a group. But I have for a long time been working on a one-to-one basis as well.
1: With, with individuals who come to you and say, look, I want to find my power, um, uh, power animal.
2: That's correct. And I also do it with my groups. All right.
1: So, um, which animals are, can any of the uh, creation's animals be your power animal? Oh, or, definitely. All right. So sloth is in there, baby. I know. There's I nothing know. wrong with a sloth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You know what, Catherine, what, what Ximena is saying is actually true. There's nothing wrong with a sloth. But we as humans, we have these preconceived ideas. Now, in our frame of reference, a sloth, is a lazy, good-for-nothing bugger. What would a sloth be as a power animal? What would it teach us
2: as a power animal? Okay, too many people saw (laughs) Ice Age.
1: Are they they all talking about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you mention sloth, I think of sloth in Ice Age. Wonderful character. (laughs) Okay. But I recently did a power animal journey in the group. And one of when we came out of the journey, I asked one of the delegates what their power animal was, and she was horrified because it was a sloth okay. and she saw this sloth moving slowly and lazy from tree to tree, and not aplo about anything and I said to her, "What message did your power animal bring you today?" she said. To tell me to slow down Mm. And to take life easy Right
1: Then there's also The other thing that apparently You don't want to hear Like you say, that's the last thing in your mind That would come if you go like This is your power animal Um or or what do you call it yes hey it's so <laughs> so what if you get and you like ter- terrified of this particular animal what if you get that in in yes, what if you get a your, snake and you and if you're afraid of snakes and what what happens then what are you supposed to learn from that i had
2: i had a a, a, a lovely experience yeah with one of my um in Gomez, who was doing my course mm. And we went down to the cave And I said can you see your power animal And she said no I said can you feel it She says I think I'm sitting on something (laughs) And it's moving And then she let out a scream You know it's a python It's a python Now of course in that culture A snake is not a good omen But in terms of healing uh, the snake is a very powerful symbol, and the snake also represents the ability to raise the kundalini at the base of the spine, in order to do a healing or whatever other work you want to and do. When
1: you say kundalini, what's your interpretation of of that? Because you know there are several uh, versions that you you know people talk about. Don't laugh. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I I love to keep
2: things simple. Mm-hmm. And I think Kredemutwa gave the best definition I've heard All right, He says, there's a serpent that lies coiled at the base of the spine And when we light a fire And we drum and we dance And we move a lot This little serpent wakes up and then it crawls up your spine and leaves your head, and then you can talk to God. Hmm.
0: Mm. That's a very nice analogy. That's lovely, Catherine. How do our power animals work with our other guides? Are they, you know, do they do they divide up the the roles? And this one does that. That one no. does that. How does it work?
2: When I'm doing a soul retrieval, I have a spirit guide, a Native American spirit guide. And I see him and walking next to him is my power animal. And then I say, take me to the origin of this problem. And they work together as a team.
0: And the person you are seeing, is their uh, power animal also coming forward? Yes. Does the animal, the power animal of your client, speak to your power animal? Or do they communicate interspecies? How how do all these unseen beings talk to each other or relate to each other? Mm.
2: Something tells me you've got a very analytical mind. And a very active (laughs) imagination. (laughs) you know it's, it's like you're going for a walk with your dog on a leash at Imerintia Dam, and another little doggy on a leash comes up and they make friends and they play together and then they go walkies together
1: how's that okay okay <laughs> okay so she goes with her dog you lie there in meditation and she, your dog sees her dog. Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you see do you other people?
2: <laughs> you know, it, it's quite amazing. Uh, this ability, there are two ways to do a shamanic journey. You can talk the person through it. Right. Or you can journey on their behalf. I prefer to journey on their behalf. Why is that? Because they have a preconceived idea. Right. About where the problem lies and what their power animal is. Mm. And they really don't know what's bugging them.
1: Okay. So you go, you go, you, you go fetch parts of the, 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 the soul. You do your soul retrieval. You say, okay, this is what I see for you. Now, won't the person be less inclined to believe you? Um, you know, because it's your word. Okay. instead of them seeing it even if they don't want to believe it and they hate that thought that that is their, their spirit animal or that is where their problem started um,
2: I need to tell you a story All right, about one of my clients I saw many many years ago who is now living overseas and she came with a specific problem because she couldn't breathe she had asthma So, I journeyed for her. All right. There was my Native American guide and my power animal. And we started walking, looking, calling. Where are you? Where are you? You now call the person's name. Where are you? Where are you? Hmm. She hears you. No, she's... Lying quietly on the bed.
1: And you're doing this quietly in your.
2: I'm doing mind. this along her timeline in my mind. Mm. Okay. Okay. I normally put a hand on the client so that there's a transfusion of energy medicine, which relaxes them. A lot of the time they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they see what I'm seeing, but not always. Mm-hmm. So as she journeyed, as I journeyed, um, we. Her power animal came to meet us. I remember now it was a dog. And a dog's a very good power animal. And her dog showed us the way. And we seemed to be walking deeper and deeper and deeper into a cave. And suddenly I heard a child calling. This is how it works. And she was saying, over here, help me, help me. Now, all this is playing out at a soul level because as the shaman, I'm seeing this. And the three of us, myself, my guide, no, it's four, and the two power animals went along and there was like a, 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 a hole. It looked like a well and there were all these rocks in the well. And the wounded part, the lost part of her kept on saying, I'm here, I'm here. So we all participated in lifting up all these rocks until we reached the child, brought it to the surface and then I take the wounded part of soul to the healing chamber where the shamanic helpers work and then brought that, that aspect of the soul back when it was healed and blew it into her. And the story came out that in a previous life, she was a child playing in the fields. She fell into the well and she drowned. It took her a while to drown, but nobody ever found her. So in this incarnation, she was born with asthma, drowning, can't breathe. And as I explained to her what happened on the journey... Normally people start resonating with a story, you know, it feels this feels right. And she could identify with claustrophobia, she could identify with the fear of water, she could identify with feelings of being trapped. So that is one way how the power animals work. Only one way. Okay. The other ways. Hmm.
1: So in when, when you are doing this do you need permission just from her or do you also need permission from her guides other yes. than the sp- the the power animal guides? Um, yeah.
2: Before I, I agree to see a client, they have to p- fill out a three-page questionnaire. Okay. I need to know what I'm dealing with before they come. And uh, what was your other question?
1: The guides um, do the do do before your journey. You permission.
2: We have to ask for permission to do the journey. So there's a prayer that's said for protection and permission to travel, and that the subconscious will only reveal what they're ready to deal with. Mm-hmm.
1: Per- permission
2: from whom, though? The guides. All right. From God. All right. Whatever their belief system may be. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is non-denominational, or, or Absolutely. it has nothing to do with religion, or it has to do with, with spiritual growth. It's, yes, for lack of a better word, Lee. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that the role of the, the power animal, to guide
2: us towards our highest self, our, our growth? There are different kinds of journeys, and uh, there's an upper world journey, where your power animal may take you up to meet your higher self, to meet your ancestors, uh, to meet um, with family who've passed on. When you do a middle world power animal journey, it's this present reality. And when you do a lower world power animal journey, that is what I call um, the subconscious.
1: Right. Right. Because I heard you speak about going, going down, you're going lower earlier. So that would be the subconscious. And I was thinking, you know how, I know there are, there are different levels of going into the earth. Um, you know, and there are different descriptions. And I don't know how far down people go, you know, but I've also heard that that is, that could not, uh, that could be part of the not so, um, pleasant mm. spaces to go to. The, the lower the lower worlds,
2: I agree with you, talking about the the the, the less pleasant, sorry, may I just have in here yes with the, the the medical history form they have to complete, uh-huh. I ask them questions, Are you afraid of heights? Are you claustrophobic? Because then that will tell me which type of journey I'm going to do. Right. So generally, you can meet your power animal in the middle world without having to go down, or you can go down to meet your power animal.
1: Right. Down. Is that scary?
2: You know, the beauty of going down is you talk the person into a relaxation. Mm -hmm. And as they relax and they go deeper and deeper, it's so easy to just float down and to take them first of all to a very safe space a magical garden.
1: Okay so that's is that a more traumatic space um emotionally to go to?
2: Yes. When I look so, at sorry, mm-hmm. when on. I look at the history. Okay. Um I decide whether or not I'm going to travel for them or whether I'm going to talk them through the experience. Hmm.
1: When you go up, you're saying like that would be the upper world would be like, you know, the guy, the, the, the departed, our dearly beloved, the dearly departed. I don't know what to call them, (laughs) but so, okay. So that's an, that's an upper. So what makes that an upper world is that because that kind of sounds like up in the air, you know, you know how people go like, Oh, you talk like, you know, everything is up in the air and it's, it's, you can't ground it.
2: Well, how about heaven and hell? <laughs> okay. Upper world is very much like heaven. All right. It's beautiful all the time. Life okay. is beautiful all the time.
1: So how do I, in this lifetime, without doing your journey, figure out what I am in term, or or what my spirit animal or my power animal could be? Spirit, animal, power. Same thing, yeah. Just, you know, just go with me. <laughs> How would I? How would I figure it out? Can I figure it out without doing? Not really, you know. You can't <laughs> decide you've got a cheetah and maybe you haven't got
2: a cheetah. Maybe you've got a horse, right? <laughs> so there are power animal journeys on YouTube.
1: You mean you can do it yourself?
2: Yeah. So,
0: no, no, with you two talking about this lower, this you know the 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 lower side or the or the darker side of of spirit journeys, are power animals ever angry or hurt? Do they come with their, with 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 baggage, or are they purely positive energy beings that help us? I'm
1: They're
2: thinking very, of a, I, I, I'm
0: thinking of an angry wolf at the moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you know it, We don't tell people What our power animal is Because that would then Reduce its power It's like me saying to you A hundred times a day I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you mm. Same way the traditional healers of Africa Change their rituals every week Because they lose their power If we go over them And again, and again So Your power animal is there to protect you I was walking along um, uh, in Seapoint the one day And I felt somebody following me And I got the strong sense that they were after my bag or whatever Now that might have been my power animal saying Hey opus, you know, Mm -hmm. here comes danger And when I turned around, I purposely called my power animal to stand between me and the man who was following me. And I made eye contact with him. Mm. And he backed down and he walked away. So, and there's another story Robin Youngblood told. Her power animal was a panther. And she was traveling somewhere in the States At night And suddenly she looked out the window And there was this panther running next to the car She actually saw the panther Which is her power animal And she's got the strong feeling Slow down, slow down, slow down And she did And as she went round the corner There was a terrible accident Mm. Mm. So they do
0: And are they only beings That we find on earth What about mythical beings Like Griffins and those kinds of.
2: I've got quite a few people who have got dragons. You can, you can, except that uh, they're not in Stephen Farmer's book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so so now you, you explained a little earlier that you could get some character traits from, um, you know, your power animals. But now you say, I think I heard you correctly, you say you'd normally try not to, or you normally don't tell people because it deduces, you know, the the power of, of it. I, w- I would almost think that that would give you... S- I suppose maybe it depends on the person, but I'd almost think it would give me strength. Um, or it would give me the ability to learn from that animal and, and grow, you know, or to look at uh, some facets that maybe I can compare with to either, you know, to work with for, or whether it's enhance or, or get it out of the way because it, it's luster. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just
2: talking socially speaking. All right. So we might be having dinner,
1: and ah. you might say, Oh, you know that dinner My table.
2: power animal's a cheetah. And then somebody else say, Oh, no, mine's a big brown bear. Okay. You know, this is what I'm talking about. All right. It can becomes a fashion thing, you know. My power
1: animal.
0: My dad is bigger than your, your dad. dad.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. All right. So for 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 the for the gimmick thing, you don't do the gimmick thing. You'd go like no. So, but if someone really wants to know and they come to you, you go like, okay, this is business. You filled out your three page questionnaire. I'm going to tell you um, who, who or what your power animal is. So you go there.
2: Yes, I mean okay. the whole session takes two hours. Right. And it's quite amazing when the power animal appears and people that have taken on power animal journeys say the same thing. Suddenly, it's in your face. Mm. You know, it's like if it's a leopard, it's there. Full right. color in your face. Wow. You can't doubt it. They look at you and it's there. Mm.
1: So, you know, the sun did that or do that. But, I mean, there are so few left. Um and they they had these from what i understand look look from for 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 me it seems like shamanic um you know rituals that that was just called in a different way yes um and they they and therefore all those those prints and you know the animals and the i don't know what you call them the totems against mm. the the Rotze. What are Rotze? Cliffs <laughs> the, and the, the rocks. The cave paintings. The rock, yes, paintings. The cave paintings. Yes. So, so, so that was a, the same form of journey that they went through. So, um, w- w- when I hear shamanic, I always go like, uh, American Indian, you know? Mm. Um, I never bring it home to Africa, um, or, or somewhere else in the world. So can, can you give us an, Explanation of You know that that word that, That's kind of like universal Well The people in
2: America mm-hmm. Just love Our traditional healers Who are also shamans okay. Our sangomas are shamans You know So they're probably doing all the beadwork And the dress mm-hmm. and all that The same way
1: that we're following um, And the monks would they or can they fall under that, or the tra- Chinese traditional healers?: Yes, there are shamans in every single culture
2: in the world except, except in Namibia really mm. that's interesting. Why do you say that? There are no traditional healers in Namibia, really mm. When I was um, working at helping to get the traditional healers Council. Up and running. They weren't any in Namibia.
1: So how do they work on a, on, at a base level? Because, you know, it does it doesn't, for, for, because for me, a traditional healer doesn't have to be someone who's trained just, you know, in, 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 in everything. They could be someone who's trained in herbs. Yes. You know, that for me is a traditional healer because they That's know right. what, what comes from the earth and how the two work together because normally they have all that knowledge, the plant that uh, you've got this plant next to it, it will heal you, the one next to it will make you ill, but they kind of grow within the same vicinity. Those kind of people to me, all that knowledge, I don't have it, but how, how is it possible that there's no one in Namibia with that? Because there's a large, Namibia is, is basically black and within, you know, black society, you normally find people who, who go that route, who, who know the earth. I'm not an expert on anthropology
2: for Namibia. Okay. I'm just talking about my personal experience. Okay. uh, Because we were trying to register and set up a big database. Mm. And at that time, and I'm going back many years now. Right. How many years?
1: 20? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, maybe, maybe people yes. just didn't want to say because, you know, the stigma attached to, to being called a traditional healer. There was a time when if you were called a traditional healer or a sangoma, it was, it, it wasn't a good thing. You were, the Westerners referred to you as a witch doctor. There was a stigma. I absolutely
2: agree with you. Yes. Yes. But the same applies to the Native American shamanism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a light side and there's a very dark side. Mm-hmm. And in South Africa, some of the most spiritually evolved people I have met are the authentic Sangormas and traditional doctors. Mm. But there is also the dark side mm. in South Africa. So you'll get a good witch, you'll get a bad witch. Mm. Mm-hmm. You'll get the fairy godmother, and you'll get the wicked witch in Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? Often they're in one package. Uh, would you like to expand on that? <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to say is we, we all have a light side and we all have a dark side and we just decide what wins, you know, we just decide what works for now. So some people have, um, have, have looked at their, their shadow side. I call it the shadow side. Um, you know, um, and, and they decided, okay, um, some things need to go. Um, and other things I can't, I'm not able to let it go because that's part of, my reminder about, as to why I need to do things differently. So, so I, I think the dark side reminds us of why we need to do things better.
2: First thing I do on my courses is to get people to be, befriend and accept the shadow. Mm. Because you're truly powerful when you've blended the light and the dark. Mm. And Credo Mutwa says, uh, in his book Zulu Shaman, He says there are two flames that dance inside you constantly, a blue flame and a red flame. And the blue flame is your good side. And if you become totally good, if the blue flame wins and you become totally good, you will die. Mm -hmm. If the red flame wins, which is the dark side, evil will destroy itself. So when we can marry the two constructively, then we become truly powerful.
0: It reminds me a bit of that story of the two wolves that the Native American grandfather tells his his grandchild about, the one being angry and aggressive and the other one being a light worker. And then the grandson asks, who wins? And the grandfather says, it depends on which one you feed. Now, Catherine... Do power animals call on other animal spirit beings from time to time to come help us say
1: reinforcement yeah, say,
0: <laughs> say I have I I need to blend in more would my spirit animal my power animal call
2: in a chameleon to come help me with that process well a, a good example is you going into theater And you've just got a general surgeon and he's going to take your appendix out. But he starts operating and he finds something far worse. So he's going to phone a trauma surgeon or a specialist surgeon or an orthopedic surgeon to pop into theatre and to help with this complication. Mm -hmm. So I have found with the power animal journeys I've done, like if the person is... Perhaps let's just say that their power animal is a deer, which is a very gentle creature. Mm. And now they land up in a situation where there's a lot of conflict. Deer going to call in, you know, something far more fierce to assist while the person is moving through that process. So.
0: Mm-hmm. When you started off explaining the difference between a power animal and a totem, I wondered what happens if my clan's totem animal is a predator, let's say a wolf, mm-hmm. and my personal power animal is a deer or a rabbit. That's, you know, there's, there's a natural conflict between these two creatures in this reality. Does it, does that conflict translate to, to the spirit world?
2: You No, you're talking about two totally different belief systems here You know, if you look at some of the African clans They have a totem animal And their belief system revolves around that totem mm. animal You may not eat it, you may not kill it Whatever, whatever You call one another mm. by that name Yes, you mm. wear the regalia that belongs to that clan mm. So in the Native American tradition that's a, That doesn't apply but certainly, if my power animal were an elephant, and that elephant has looked after me all my life, I'm not. I'm going to love elephants. I'm not going to want to kill them, and I'm going to subscribe to save the elephant fund, mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Do they do they rotate? Do they go like, okay, my work here is done. Um, it's time for you to get another uh, power animal.
2: I've never found that, and I've been doing this work for a long time. Your your main power animal, from my experience, Mm -hmm. stays the same and then calls in allies. But there are other um, shamanic traditions that believe you have up to nine power animals. It depends on the tradition and
1: the clan. How did you get into this?
2: How much time have we
1: got? (laughs) We've <laughs> got like a good show. Just a just a couple of minutes at least, you know, because it's very interesting that you would you would do this. Um you know, it's not just it's not a regular thing. Um, I'm called the crazy
2: aunt, eh? Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the crazy aunt that nobody invites to supper. <laughs> and when my granddaughter was small she used to say to my son, Dad, now Tell me again, what does Gogo do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> I had a strong, I, I, left, matriculated at the age of 16. And I had this, I was a very good Christian girl, and good Christian girls at that time, um, went nursing. hmm Or teaching. teaching. Or teaching. Or teaching, but I went nursing. All right. Uh, but to cut a long story short, when I saw the terrible suffering, Babies dying of cancer Innocent people killed in car accidents And coming from a very sheltered home What do you know when you're 16 And you're thrown into this harsh reality It turned me against God I said if there's a God of love He would not allow this to happen And so I think God has a tremendous sense You must say he allowed me to be an atheist for a while Mm -hmm. And at the height of my atheism my parents got involved in spiritualism, and I thought this in those days, this was really please man. <laughs> uh, so the one night they were having a seance, and at that age, you do anything. We did things for kicks, and I thought this is going to be awesome. The ghosts are going to come, tables are going to rattle, the windows are going to rattle, we're going to hear these voices. And as with seances they put the lights out and I waited for it to happen. And then they started singing and praying. And then in the middle of that prayer meeting, suddenly, I just felt this powerful angelic presence overshadow me. And like a sleepwalker I was moved across the room to where my mum was sitting and she had a very bad migraine. She'd had them all her life. Mm. My hands were placed on her, and this incredible energy just pulsated through me. lasted about five minutes, and then the same force took me back to my chair and sat me down. It really freaked me out. I had six months to go to qualify as a registered nurse, and only thing that healed was a knife and drugs. But when I asked my mom afterwards what happened, she said that when I put hands on her, the power working through me had healed her instantly and she never had a migraine again. Wow. So that was how it started. And then the shamanism came about
1: 30 years ago. So it was like a natural progression. Yes. So I wanted to find out, you said you had prayers at the seance. What kind of prayers does one have at, at seances? Cause remember, I, like you, my Christianity goes seance, D- no, right. You know? Yes. So that's what I, and that's the natural inclination. Yes. So what kind of prayers? Christian prayers. Right. Christian hymns.
2: Right. We all came from a staunch Methodist <laughs> background. <laughs> I have heard it all. (laughs) You're having Christian
1: prayers and a seance. No, but it makes perfect sense because
0: you're working with spirit. And if that's your spiritual tradition, then Then, that would be where you tap in. It does make sense.
1: I just never thought of it like (laughs) that because I always think seance and prayer and you know why you want to call up, you know. Because in my mind, and I, I, I can almost say that, It's probably not the only person's mind where you go like seance. You're calling up spirits, people who should be resting. No. What is it?
2: uh, I've been a practicing medium for over 40 years. I cannot call up a spirit.
1: Who doesn't want to be called.
2: Doesn't want to be called. They make contact because they want to. And if they get it right Because it's so complicated Once you've passed over Remember the first time you used a cell phone It's very complicated
0: it was. Remember that.
2: Do you remember? I,
0: I remember. I was completely freaked out. It was such a horrible mission to make a phone
1: call, and now we do it without thinking. Exactly. I can't remember, but I still do it with thinking. Catherine, where can people get hold of you? Uh, okay,
2: I do have a website. It's uh, www. Now my name is spelled differently. It's K A T H. A-R-I-N-E Lee, dot C-O dot Z-A. All the information is on there. It
1: was such a pleasure to meet you.
2: Thank you very much, Humane. Thank you for coming. And thank you, Liesl. It's been absolutely charmingly, interestingly wonderful. <laughs> it was great to have you. Thank you so
0: much for your time. From me, Liesl Tom, thanks for listening. Be good to yourself.
1: Bye, Liesl, baby. Thank you very much for today. And to you at home, give yourself a good pat on the back for being good.
0: This is cliffcentral.com.